What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Thursday, January 25th, 2024 edition of the Daily Energy Newsbeat Stand-Up. Here are today's top headlines. First up, White House said to delay decision on enormous natural gas export terminal. Next up on the menu, navigating market sensitivities, a deep dive into winter forecast impacts on LNG trade. Next up, the U.S says it needs 22 million acres for the solar energy transition. Here's what that looks like. Next up for natural gas, it's buckle up and hang on for 2024. That's according to friend of the show, Steve Reese. And then finally, Senate opens door to massive carbon tax despite critical economic concerns. Stuhl then toss it over to me. I will quickly cover what's going on in the oil and gas markets, include covering what happened with the EIA um, crude oil storage report and a new short seller report from Snowcap Research targeting our fav- one of our favorite companies, Diversified Energy. Um, it's about time we saw some short, some short interest on them. So we'll cover all that and a bag of chips, guys. But as always, I am Michael Tanner. Joining me is Stuart Turley. What do you got today for us? I'll tell you what, we got us an action-packed discussion. Let's start out with our buddies in the White House. White House says to delay decision on enormous natural gas export terminal. This is about some of the dumbest things I could even imagine. Even I wouldn't do this. They're delaying this project until right after November. Ah, why? Well, it's so they can sit back and tell the green folks, oh, we're putting a halt on it. Well, let me give you a quote. Senator Mitch McConnell, is he the one they call turtle? Um, This would move the amount to a functional ban on the new LNG export permit. That's the only thing I think he has even said. I'm not sure if one of his aides did that. The administration's war on affordable domestic energy has been bad news for American workers and customers alike. I think this just is a telltale quote. He doesn't know that LNG has to get exported because of the Jones Act and natural gas is used domestically. So I think this is a confirmation that he's out to lunch permanently. So this is just it's the uh, Coloso uh, pass. It's the blind leading the blind. Oh, uh, Democrat. uh, We we got an old folks home up there and uh, we don't even. I mean, Anyway, uh, it's just I'm going to go buy stock. In depends. Who makes depends anyway? <laughs> I don't know. Probably comes from fossil fuels. But it is. It's ironic that they're delaying this natural gas plant until right after the election. Because you know, you know, it, it, regardless if Biden wins or loses, right after they'll go ahead and approve it. Oh, it, what maybe? Here's from a f- financial uh, reason you would want to approve it because of that. We get exports. You get a little bit of energy security to your uh, allies. We have not been a very good ally. All right, let's go to the next one. I wouldn't want to do business with the U.S. Uh, Navigating market sensitivities, a deep dive into winter forecast impacts on LNG trade. 
This is from our buddies over there at uh, RBAC. Um, Going to interview them again, uh, Cyrus, on Friday with Billions at Play, uh, with uh, talking about how Africa needs to go first. Uh, but anyway, they have a great the LNG trade. Their software allows to for folks to go out and do the deep dive on the forecast for LNG around there. It begins in December 2023 and goes through the 2023-2024. The charts are amazing. If we could take a look at the uh, four charts, we can just kind of bring those up in here. I'm not going to go through the numbers right here, uh, but I want to leave this in the show notes for people to go through and really do a deep dive on the LNG and the importance to these countries. In the brevity of time for the show, we'll just leave it that this is a great resource from the folks over there. They're great, great peoples. Let's go to the next story here, Michael. Mm -hmm. All right. How about the U.S. says needs 22 million acres of solar energy transition? Here's what it looks like. Miss Producer, can you bring forward the Bureau of Land Management graphic? Take a look at Utah. It's three quarters of Utah. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, unbelievable. I, I don't get it. I, I you, you saw that that doesn't include the battery. Uh, the the BLM, it's not Black Lives Matter. It is the Bureau of Land Management. But yet, look at how many uh, lizards and dinosaurs and all the hypocrisy going on that much acreage covered up. What I don't understand is the difference between the 700,000 acres, which they claim will be needed to reach the 100% clean electric goal by 2035 that President Biden has. But where's this 22 million coming from? What's that earmarked for? I think it's probably hills, valleys. You can't just run them up contiguously. You got to have room in between them, you know, so you may need 700,000 acres, but there's a lot of land, there's transmission lines, there's all this other stuff. It is a uh, not very ESG friendly for something that's supposed to be ESG friendly. I was going to say that. I was going to say, it sounds real environmentally friendly. It ain't. Too hot. 22 million acres of solar panels. Oh, is All right. Hey, let's go to the next one here. This one's a really, really cool one. It's a really short one from our buddy over there, Steve Reese. Uh, for natural gas, it's buckle up and hang on for 2024. Uh, over at Reese Consulting, uh, they have absolutely uh, measured. They know natural gas. He is an industry thought leader. And Michael, I have to give him a shout out. He looked at one of my podcasts and put a comment on LinkedIn. Steve Reese, I can't wait to hug you at Nape for this comment. He goes, Stu, you're sporting one heck of a dome hat. (laughs) (laughs) For, for, For our podcast listeners, I got a little bit of a flesh hairline. <laughs> it's really shiny. It's really, I, I don't waste much in my hair cutting anymore. But let me go through some of these. If market forecasts are correct, this is a quote from Steve, natural gas producers will take it on a chin in 2024 before the 
heaven's part and gears start turning at new LNG export terminals, adding capacity in 2025. So Steve is taking into consideration some of the issues that the Biden administration is working on this. And that regulatory thread that we were talking about is going to be a widespread impact. Listen to this quote. In an ironic twist to a milder uh, winter, a week-long freeze this month triggered the cancellation of five LNG uh, cargoes to set sail from Louisiana and Texas. Chenier Energy requires a 40-day notice for cancellations. Gas storage is up to its eyeballs. (laughs) I love Steve. (laughs) Uh, Anyway. So I, we love Steve Reese. He's he he's one of the smartest people and most informed people when it comes yes. to the midstream business because it's what he's done for forty years. Oh, and uh, he he calls it like he sees it, and yep. he is a trusted resource to CEOs all around the world. Um, hey, let's go to the next one here. Senate opens door to massive carbon tax despite critical economic concerns. There are some numbers in this article on carbon tax that make me air sick. Uh-huh. Um, let me just give my one little um, opinion here. Because wind and solar are failing around the world and, and carry lurch, as is now uh, pounding his head against the sand, you know, and saying, wait a minute, everybody's realizing they're not sustainable because people are having to print money in order to get them rolling. Carbon tax is the next way to continue the wealth transfer of uh, what the renewables was doing. That's exactly what this is. And it let's talk about some of this. The U.S. Treasury estimated in two, 2017 a carbon tax of $49 a ton rising at 2% per year would raise over $2.2 trillion over 10 years. Such a carbon tax would raise taxes on gasoline by $0.44 cents per gallon, on natural gas by two sixty dollars per thousand cubic uh, feet. By on oil, twenty one fifty per barrel, and on coal by sixty two uh, to one twenty six per ton, depending on the carbon content. What I just described, Michael, right there, was a steamroller to the economy, and every the poor are going to get poorer. The middle class is going to go away. Mm-hmm. And the rich are going to get richer. That is exactly what that paragraph that I just read said. It is absolutely horrific. Um, and in fact, this the Daily Signal author even says this. A carbon tax would hurt the poor, raise domestic prices relative to the price, prices of many imports. It would be another add-on levy with exemptions for, quote, political friends and punishments for enemies. I, wow. Yeah. I'm like, holy smokes, Batman. We can't buy this kind of stupid. Well, we did. Anyway. Yeah, it's, it's, here's, here's my, my, my problem is that we have absolutely nobody who's thinking. If we pass a carbon tax, that's great. The problem is second order effects. Exactly. You know, we've talked about the SEC coming in and regulating this. Well, you got to do one or the other. 
You can't do all this stuff. You can't regulate it by the SEC. You can't go ahead and tax it. You can't do all of this stuff. We know exactly what's going on here. And, 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 and these, you know, these, these, unfortunately, these, you know, I, I applaud Chris Coons for trying to get in on this Democrat, but I don't know if I necessarily, this approach, it, it's going to hurt, as you said, the small businesses the most. Everybody that is not the 1%, this is going to hurt. The next thing it's going to hurt is um, the, what, what people don't realize is that the carbon tax doesn't change the behavior that they're trying or thinking that they're going to go after. This does not change anything. And then you have Lurcheronosaurus Rex going around the world, putting out uh, more carbon. Well, let's start taxing that son of a gun. Well, the only problem is he's going to instead have a $22 million budget for being the climate czar. He's going to have a $30 billion budget. So he's just going to pass it off to the rest of the world anyway. Anyway, yeah, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. We had a great, that was a great discussion. Thank you very much for being my therapist. And uh, I know you're going to have a couch now installed into your office. Yep. So we can sit back there. We'll, we'll go ahead and move over to finance. But before we do that, guys, we'll pay the bills here. As always, the news and analysis you just heard and are continuing to hear is brought to you by the world's greatest website, www.energynewsbeat.com, the best place for all your oil and gas and energy news. Stu and the team do an outstanding job staying up to speed and making sure you are at the tip of the spear when it comes to the energy business. Um, you can hit the description below for all the timestamps. Go back, listen to one of our segments. You can also go ahead and see all of the links to the articles. Uh, dashboard.energynewsbeat.com, data news combo product. You can check out the EIA numbers, which we're about to cover here. And you can also check out um, and email the show, interact with us, questions at energynewsbeat.com. But again, let's move to finance. Overall markets uh, fairly flat today. Uh, S&P 500, only about a tenth of a percentage point. NASDAQ rising about a uh, uh, about a half a percentage point, mainly off the back of, of some intriguing earnings that dropped. We saw Bitcoin up about a half a percentage point, still about 40, still uh, trending above 40,000 right now. We saw crude oil jump mainly about 1%, settling about a half a percentage, 75.40 as we record this here at about 6 p.m. Brent up to uh, uh, just creeping over above 80 at uh, up about a half a percentage point. Natural gas up big today, up about one and a half percentage points, two dollars and sixty-seven cents. Mainly, what we're seeing is is a large draw from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. We saw about nine million barrel draw um, that got dropped today at about nine thirty, which was a three million barrels more than what the API was recommending. Um, we also saw that China will come out and and and, and basically cut the amount of cash that banks uh, need to hold as reserves, which is you know hopefully expected to pump more. Uh, they think is supposed to pump more money in the economy, which should continue to boost their economic stimulus, which which hopefully um, will lead to higher oil prices as they continue to move. We also saw that or higher demand numbers and help support um, um, price increases. We also saw the the rising geopolitical tensions. So there's a lot going on um, in terms of uh, um, what's going on with oil prices. And I think the only other thing I saw in the oil oil space too that I thought was was hilarious was uh diversified energy. They're one of the largest owners uh, <laughs> of US oil and natural gas wells. They're being targeted by a short seller claiming that the company may not have enough money to meet its obligations to plug inactive wells. This one you can find ener- diversified energy faces short seller attack from ESG focused snowcap. What's interesting is this snowcap research, they're a London-based aquas uh, activist investor who focuses 
specifically on ESG government matters, went ahead and released a 39-page report. And I mean, I will, we'll have the report on the website, Stu. It's absolutely brutal what it breaks down. So to give Ooh. you guys an idea, let's introduce Diversifies Energy's business model. And now this is you know straight up off their website. So they go ahead and acquire mature, low-productive oil and gas wells. They're the largest oil and gas or owner of oil and gas wells in the country, more than Exxon, more than Chevron, more Ooh. than everybody. What they do is they don't drill new wells. They claim to extend the life of operating lives via, quote, smarter asset management. Hmm. Next, they delay well retirement and associated plugging costs by pushing out those costs as much as 50 years. Again, they do not engage new drilling or exploration and instead must replenish any declining production with new acquisitions. And they securitize wells with amortizing debt to support higher leverage. All that means, no cap research says these guys suck. So give you just to give you an idea what they're claiming, Uh, what they're claiming is a few things. They're claiming that their self-reported discretionary cash flows they're being used. Basically they're using not what what they claim is this. I'll I'll pull up the slide here. I want to make sure I sell this right because we're about to body these people. Um Wow. Where is it here? I, it just done it when you said that it dawned on me what was going on. That is a that's worse than a Ponzi yep. scheme. So give, to give you guys an idea, when they are calculating, so one of the chief things that they claim, Snowcap says, is that oh, the dividend that they're giving out, their $150 million a year of dividends is nowhere near what they're gonna be. They're not gonna nearly be able to sustain that because their methodology for calculating. Um, dividends was based off adjusted EBITDA, a non-GAAP number yeah. based instead right. of basing it upon cash from operations and adds back new debt issued for acquisitions, despite excluding debt repayments in li- in line with its declining EBITDA. That also means that instead, it basically it, they calculate. All that being said, if you recalculate discretionary class flows based in 2022, it's a 73% difference and not in a good way. Folks, diversified energy, if you have any investment in them, I don't give investment advice, but I'd seriously look into getting rid of absolutely incredible 39 page story. I mean, Stu didn't even read the report. He sees what's going on right now. You just read the thing and it just dawned on me. This is not good. No, it's absolutely not. Shares are down as much as 20%. Um, We're down as much as 20% in the day but they only are down 3%, you know, in, in diversified defense, they did come out and say report contains numerous inac- inaccuracies, ignores specific financial and operational results and sustainability action is designed for the sole purpose of negatively impacting the share price for the short sellers benefit. I mean, it, the 65,000 oil and gas wells is it's a lot. It's more than everybody. And they're based out of Birmingham, Alabama, Bama. They don't drill wells, which is just crazy. Um, no, uh, you know, that goes back to what we talked to to our clients about oil and gas. Not all oil and gas investments are the same. And do your homework. I love that you're just like, nope, nope, I'm good. Because <laughs> you know what? I'm the same way, Stu. Nope, I'm good. Yeah, I'm just like, holy smokes. That's just unethical. It's extremely unethical. Wow. It's extremely unethical. Oh, so absolutely unbelievable, Stu. We'll see how it plays out. What else should people be worried about today? Well, um, 
you know, Davos is only 300 more days away, 345 days away. And they are, their heads are exploding. I'd like to give a shout out to the truckers that are starting in the U.S. to protest and say, secure our borders, just like the great farmers in all through Europe. Mm-hmm. And the media is not covering this stuff. So shout out to our truckers that are trying to help the uh, Texas Border Guard uh, and uh, standing up. Uh, for what our government, our federal government, uh, federalities are not doing. Yeah, no, we, uh, it's absolutely unbelievable what's going on on the border. Um, I will say this, if you ever hear Stu and you hear the first words out of his mouth is, I'm Stuart Turley and I'm live from the border. Just tune out. Just tune yeah. out. We've gone too far. Yeah. Hey, it's all about, it's all about energy. And I guarantee you all my stories are around that, Michael. It's the border. It's the the Chinese that are dropping in by parachutes like Red Dawn. <laughs> it's funny. So, all right, guys. Well, we'll spare you the rest of this. Let you get on out of here. Finish up your day. We appreciate you guys hanging with us all week. Who do we have on the podcast uh, Friday? Uh, we had uh, Sharon uh, Munts just got uh, rolled out. And then we have coming around the corner, we have um, Michael Yon is coming out here. I'm going to wait till probably another week. Uh, we have Nick Burns. He is a way cool guy in Midland, Odessa. We have Deborah Wald coming out and we talk about homeschooling. Uh, and I tell you the importance of energy. Mm-hmm. And getting all of our content into a format for tests, curriculum, it's kind of cool. Absolutely, guys. Appreciate it. We'll see you guys uh, uh, with the weekly recap then on Saturday, and we will be back in your inbox Monday. Well, until then, guys, have a great weekend. Bye.